Step into the world of healthcare from an immersive point of view with the Symmetry Health 360 podcast. Join us as we unravel the complexities of the industry, exploring the latest trends, innovations, and healthcare policies with expert guests, thought-provoking discussions, and patient-centered stories. Tune in now for a 360-degree perspective on health. Thank you for joining this episode of Symmetry Health 360. My name is Hugh McBride, and I will be your host for today's podcast. I'm confident that you're going to find today's discussion extremely valuable because we'll be getting some expert advice on a crucial topic that affects many people in the behavioral healthcare space. Today, we will turn our attention to the complexities of mental health insurance deductibles and how they're affected when one year ends and another begins. And to help us find clarity amid the chaos and confusion of insurance deductibles and end-of-year resets, I'm happy to welcome Justin Gaines to the podcast. And Justin, before I start to barrage you with questions, would you be so kind as to take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. And my name is Justin Gaines. I am the president of Greenpoint Med, a symmetry company. We are specialists in the behavioral health, billing, and revenue cycle management area. And we focus on helping providers and practices run the billing side of their organization more efficiently. We do this through streamlined processes, through billing automation, and a variety of other ways. Just a little bit of my background is Greenpoint Med was a company that I started back in 2016. At the time, I had some family members who were having some difficulty getting some billing paid out. And I thought that I could help. And sure enough, we did get some of those claims paid. And that was a light bulb moment for me to say that, hey, there's got to be a lot of folks out there that are having these types of issues. And that was really where Greenpoint Med got started. And over the years, we've grown as the folks in mental health have grown and gotten busier, especially after the COVID pandemic took hold. And really, I think every day, the goal for me and and the team here at our company through our service is really to help make sense of, of everything that goes into billing. And mental health is really a unique area for billing because it's not a primary care benefit. It's not a specialty benefit. It tends to be more of a hybrid. And so when we have topics like deductibles and end of year resets and verifying benefits and things like that, sometimes it can be a little more complex, Hugh, as you indicated, than one might be for others. So looking forward to a robust discussion. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I know it's hard to believe that we're, it's already time to start thinking about the end of the year, but I double checked the calendar and 2024 is definitely coming down the pipe. So for behavioral health organizations, I know this is the end of the year. The beginning of the year is a very busy time. They've got a lot of, uh, a lot of things on their mind. One of the important concerns is confirming exactly how payers handle deductibles. And as you mentioned, Justin, because behavioral health is a unique beast, this also includes determining if de- how deductibles even apply to an insurance company's mental health coverage. So I'm going to start with a very general question, and that is, why is it so important with everything going on at the end of the year, why is it so important for behavioral health organizations to pay attention to deductibles and deductible resets? This topic in particular with deductible resets, we're just over, as we're recording this, four months out from the end of the year. And it seems like a lot of time, but it's also the right time for organizations to really start thinking about how are we going to be best prepared for when the calendar turns to 2020. In any situation with billing, there's always going to be, and this includes with verification and eligibility checks, there always is a period of time where we have to prepare, we have to look at the processes that we have in place, and then we have to make sure that we're ready to execute on day one being 
January 1st or January 2nd of 2024, whatever the first business day of the new year may be. And a behavioral health organization may have hundreds, if not thousands of patients that are being treated. Some may be treated once a month, maybe some are treated every week. And so the frequency with which those claims are going to start to accumulate is going to happen very rapidly as the new year starts off. And when you have a situation where there may be a change in a patient's benefits because there's a deductible that now applies, well, the organization is going to have to collect from the patient and they're not going to get reimbursed from the insurance company. So thinking about this now and beginning to put those procedures and processes in place will help make sure that when the calendar turns, organizations are best positioned to not see any disruption in cash flow. They're able to keep and maintain a positive patient-client experience with the folks that they are serving through their behavioral healthcare organizations. And then that will allow them to develop momentum for the rest of the year. So it's a good time to be thinking about it. It's a good time to be talking about this with your leadership teams and your billing teams, and certainly for our discussion today. Fantastic. And so as behavioral healthcare organizations do what you just said, they're preparing, they're looking at deductibles and how those may reset, or if there's other changes in deductibles. Specifically, are there certain questions that they should be asking of their payers? Are there certain details that they should be focusing on? Or if you could maybe take us through the process of what does it mean to, to confirm the deductibles, what does it mean to check the resets and exactly how that happens? So with any type of health insurance benefit, you typically see the benefit run on either a calendar year or a policy year. And a calendar year is very simple, January 1st through December 31st, and then the new year starts. Policy years are different because it may start at any point during the year. It could be August 1st or, or March 1st, whatever the case may be. One thing that I think organizations can do starting now is start asking your patients that come in, are there any upcoming changes to your insurance that you're aware of? Because if a patient is getting their insurance from an employer, that employer may be switching an insurance plan that all the employees will be eligible to uh, have their benefits under, but they may not have that new plan go active until the new year. So communicating with patients, I think, is really key because the patients will be able to provide a lot of that information. And then I think beyond that, other things that organizations could be asking their billing teams or their administrative teams, whoever is reviewing this, is can we identify who the patients are that we're seeing now that had deductibles or that have deductibles as part of their plans? Because chances are if a patient had an insurance plan that had a deductible at some point, let's say close to the beginning of a calendar year or a policy year, that plan is going to reset at the beginning of the calendar year and then that deductible will apply again. So as an example, if we have a patient that has a $500 deductible, we know that deductible is going to be reset at the beginning of 2024 if that plan runs on a calendar year. The more of those patients that can be identified, the easier it's going to make the organization as far as saying these patients are the ones that are going to have their amounts that they owe us reset, and then we could focus on the rest of the batch that we'll have to do maybe a little bit more manual research, and we go one by one and look at it a case by case. So those are just two ways I think that organizations can look at it. If you have an EHR, hopefully there's reporting that can be pulled, Excel sheets that can be extracted where you can review data in a little bit more of an automated way. But by doing those things now, it helps better prepare for when the new year starts. Fantastic. And it's like you read my mind because that leads into another question that I had and you just touched on it. But are there certain resources or tools or software platforms 
that providers should be using that can help them streamline this process and just make sure that they're as up-to-date as possible? Well, most EHRs that a provider, an organization, a practice will use will have some built-in type of reporting or eligibility functionality that could certainly be of value to any organization that is reviewing their patient caseload in advance of the new year. Likewise, all kinds of uh, provider portals that are out there that the insurance companies use, some of the more common ones being Availity, Navinet, and United Healthcare has quite a few that they use as well, such as Provider Express. All of those portals are effective for checking these benefits as well. The least effective, and Hugh, this is going to be this is going to come as a major shock. The least effective is actually getting on the phone and trying to call an insurance company to get the information. That's not to say that it's not possible or not necessary. But hold times are going to be long. You may get somebody who may not necessarily know the difference when it comes to mental health. We talked earlier about how it's a hybrid type benefit. And so oftentimes calling may not be the most efficient way just for a time standpoint. Who who wants to sit on hold for 45 minutes only to be hung up on or get told wrong information? So your EHR, other provider portals that are out there, and then billing services, revenue cycle management services can provide this service as well, and they can help make sure that your patients are eligible and you know what those patient amounts are. So those options, I think, are available to any organization. And each organization has to really analyze each one to say, what is the best for us? What is the most effective way? And for some, outsourcing that may be a good option. Fantastic. And so I take it you're not a fan of listening to hold music for 45 minutes to an hour. It depends on the hold music. Some is more bearable than others, but generally speaking, I just want to speak right to the representative. (laughs) I can appreciate that. So obviously you and your organization, Greenpoint Med Asymmetry Company, you know a lot about the right way to do these things. And I appreciate that. I, when I'm approaching a problem, I often come from the angle of, okay, what do I not want to do so I don't screw this up? So looking at it from that perspective and in your experience consulting or advising other organizations, have you seen certain common or prevalent mistakes that mental health providers make when they're dealing with deductible resets and other end-of-the-year insurance matters. And I know you just touched on one, a big one, which is don't commit too much of your time to trying to get on the phone with people if you can use your automation. Are there other errors, mistakes, or just inefficiencies that providers often do that that could be costing them time and money? It's a really interesting question. And I think behavioral health organizations, and I'm thinking of the organizations that we work with and organizations beyond that are so busy in serving their patients and their client base that every day they are dealing with questions from patients. They're dealing with new patients that are looking to come in for services. So there's so much ongoing work just on the day-to-day that is not distracting, but it's requiring the behavioral health organization to really focus on that. And then you add in another element where well, now we have to prepare to re-verify, in some cases, our caseload of 2,000 patients. That is a big project to add in to what is already a very busy organization that may be stretched thin, that have therapists that have extremely busy caseloads already, and an administrative staff that may be used to doing certain things in a certain way. Now you add this project in, and it could create some bottlenecks, it could create some uncertainties, and things of that nature. So I think for any organization that has to look at, and especially with a project like this, where you're talking about re-verifying an entire caseload, communication is key. Understanding how 
a project like this is going to be successfully completed, laying out those steps ahead of time, assigning clear responsibilities, and maybe asking for support where that's needed. And that support may come internally or it may come externally as well from other professionals that may be able to assist in this area. And what I think I've seen with organizations that organizations tend to be so busy in the day-to-day work that they're doing that by the time it comes for this type of project to be completed, they're just starting to think about it. And billing with behavioral health can move so quickly You don't want to get to a situation where it's already too late when you've already started to, let's say in this case, re-verify all these patient benefits. And and now you find yourself in a situation where you have patients that have balances that are outstanding. They're not aware of it. And when they're being contacted, maybe the patients are getting upset. So it creates a lot of negative downstream impacts. And I think it's a product of the environment that behavioral health organizations find themselves in. Um, But planning, communication, laying out actionable steps are all things that I would recommend to head off those things from happening. 